Hi, this is Bernie J of Bernie's Journeys, Seeing America First. When I moved to Colorado Springs a while back, I was told not to miss the fireworks show on New Year's Eve shot off from the top of Pikes Peak. It wasn't until later that I had learned that people actually hiked up the mountain to do the deed. The Pikes Peak Adaman Club has been a tradition since 1922. It is a unique group of mountaineers who each year on December 30th and 31st climb the icy slopes of Bar Trail on the east face of world-famous Pikes Peak. The club is dedicated to the memory of the original five guys that thought it would be more fun to climb a cold mountain than dance with a warm girl, or so I've been told. They had the idea that each year only one new member would be added to the club, and as a result, the name Adaman, Ad A Man, was chosen. Each year, members choose one new member from the list of applicants. And today, ladies, you're also welcomed. As the group hikes, they flash mirrors from a location at Timberline to friends and families in the Colorado Springs area. And in the early afternoon, they finish up the ascent to the summit. The climb from Timberline, about 12,000 feet, to the 14,115 foot summit is often accomplished on icy and snow-swept slopes with wind chills as low as minus 50 degrees. At the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve, they launch a spectacular fireworks show, which on a clear night can be seen for hundreds of miles along the front range of the Colorado Rockies and the Eastern Plains. In a previous show, I interviewed Don Sanborn, the president of the Pikes Peak Adaman Club, and I quickly learned that slogging up the mountain is only half the battle. There is also the coming down. A number of four-wheel drive clubs have banded together to bring the hikers back down. For that information, I was put in touch with Larry. We had a nice chat and I had learned that climbing Pikes Peak is only one part of the Adaman Club experience. I was given the very unique opportunity of being invited to ride up and down with the four-wheel drive folks and experience the light show from the top. Thanks, Larry. And now let's go to my talk with Larry. Wait, what's your full name, Larry? It's Larry. Just, <laughs> just Larry? Yeah, Larry J. John, really, but... Okay. Yeah. Okay, terrific then. And uh, so I was really fascinated when I was talking with the Adamant Club. So that was Don... Don Sanborn. Don Sanborn. And... Uh, that's why I wore this hat today. Excellent. So I had a wonderful talk with him. You know, we talked about, you know, uh, you know, hiking up, staying right. at bar camp, and then moving on. And then it just kind of came to my mind. So I started thinking about, well, wait a minute now. So I guess way back in the beginning, you know, the Fred okay. Bar days, yeah. that the guys actually carried the fireworks up. Right. In themselves. those days, they did, from my understanding, too. Okay. But then, so I said to him, I said, well, so is that the same today? And he goes, oh, well, Bernie, no, we've, no got, we've gotten a little soft, yeah. and um, Larry is our go-to guy. And I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Larry, who, who's, who's Larry? Well, so um, so what? you have an interest in what, uh, four-wheel four driving? 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I got into this, and I started doing it, and I just couldn't get away from it. <laughs> One of them things. Okay. But uh, then there was another guy. He was in charge of it. He was with one of the other clubs in town, and I got to know him. Yes. And then he couldn't make it there for a couple of years. He would be around, but he was gone. Okay. And one day he just threw the old shoebox at me and said, Larry, you've been taking care of it for me. Go ahead and do it all. So here I am. So do, so do you belong to a specific four-wheel no, club? No, not anymore. I did at that time. Okay. But not anymore. That club has kind of folded up and... There are a couple of others come and gone, and now I think that there's two clubs in town yet. But I heard of one the other day. It's called Colorado Christian Four Wheelers. Okay. I heard of them the other day, and I've talked to somebody that knows some. I'm gonna try to get a couple of drivers from their club to go along with us. The people in the four wheel drive community are aware of you. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they know that that one of your primary interests is that you support the Adamant Club. Mm-hmm. Okay, terrific. And most of them, I, a lot of my guys, I've got about 30 of them that go with me. And a lot of my guys were in a four-wheel drive club, dropped out, and this and that, or some reason, and uh, people I've just picked up. And I've had some guys going, I've been up there now, I think this is 43. In my 43rd climb. 43, 43 years mm-hmm. that you've been doing this. And so how many um, how many four-wheel drive vehicles go up on? Usually on, on I your, try to plan about 30. 30 of them? 35 to, 25 to 30, yeah. You know, now to me, that sounds like an awful lot of vehicles. Or yeah. or is going to the top, support Adamant, but getting to go to the top on New Year's Eve is also a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a different drive. It's cold, miserable, dark, <laughs> no <snowballing. laughs> You don't know what you're going to run into. And I would think that, um, so as I've, um, I had myself a, like a five-ride five, via, five ride pass to drive. Okay. And so I went up there one day, said, hey, I got one more one more punch on my card and so they wouldn't even let me up after three o'clock in the afternoon. Probably not because of the time to get up, sundown, and closing up. Yeah. Okay. So, so when you put the word out to say that we're going to support the Adaman Club, this is going to give them an opportunity to drive at night, which mm-hmm. the road norm whoever whoever controls the road normally doesn't let happen. Right. Okay. The city gives me a key to the gate. Really? You get the keys to They trust me with one. Of course, I better get it back to them, too. Yeah. But uh, they give me a key to the gate, and I try to leave the gate. I, I hold the driver's meeting about 10, 10, 10, 15. Try to round everybody up in a group. Now, we're talking 10, 15 at night. night. Mm-hmm. So this is so this is New Year's New Eve. Eve. Okay, so okay. everybody else is out partying, and we're going to have our little party. <laughs> okay, but uh, I try to leave the gate by ten thirty. Okay, and then uh, we—I usually stop at Glen Cove for. I kind of got it down to time. Yeah, I stop at Glen Cove for a little bit, and I got to leave there about eleven ten, eleven fifteen, 
And anymore, the city's pretty good about it. They keep a plow up there for me. If they feel as though that the wind is blowing, the weather's bad or snowing or blowing, or they'll keep a plow. You're right. At the cove, and then I meet him, and then he usually takes off. And he'll let me know, too. Hey, Larry, the road's in good shape. Hey, uh, you don't need to worry. Just, I'll be up there. And then he takes off. Maybe I catch up with him, and he pulls over, and I pass him, and then I'll see him up there, and then usually coming down. He takes good care of it, too, if there's any problem. I love what you're telling me because here, you know, here's my, here's my story that I've only been in town for a couple of years. All right. I heard about the Adaman. Okay. And if you go to a high vantage point, you should see them blowing off some fireworks. So we went last year and, and I saw it and I thought, this is really cool. I had no idea that there was all of this planning Oh, yeah. To make this thing happen. Yeah. Now, I also understand that, because when I had asked Don, I said, okay, so you guys got, you know, so you carry up the fireworks. Oh, no, Bernie, we don't do that anymore. Well, what happens? Well, we have a trailer. Mm -hmm. uh, can, can you tell me a little bit about the uh, the trailer? What, what, what's that all about? Okay, they've got a trailer. I think it's got a real heavy bottom in it because of the heat and concussion. Yeah. And they got some tubes in there. They got 60 tubes mounted in that trailer. 60 tubes. So okay. they pull the trailer up a week ahead of time or something. Oh, okay. And then the city will let them store the fireworks in the summit house. So when they get up there, they have to take the fireworks out and put it down each one of those tubes. Right. And then run, they have to wire it all up to their control panel. And their fingers out there get a little bit cold and this and that trying to wire nut little wires together. And they trade off and on. And then they put that control panel out, out away from the trailer. And when it's midnight, then they just sit out there by that control panel and hit the switches. Now, something tells me that this is gonna be kind of some kind of license or, or training for those yeah. guys to do that, there isn't there? Three men in the club that have a license to shoot the fireworks. I think there's three, maybe four. So they've gone through the training, and they and because I guess the other thing of it is is that well, for us to you know uh, mm -hmm. us being the other the Adamant Club, you know, to buy the fireworks, I bet you they must have to show some kind of license. Oh yeah, they to do. be able to because we're not just talking sparklers here. No. <laughs> And see, another thing, they have to get a permit from the Forest Service. Okay. They have to apply for a permit from the Forest Service. And my understanding was several years ago, maybe five years, six years back, they applied for the permit, but they didn't get it. They found out that the Forest Service here had to send it to Washington, then it went back to California someplace, and... What the heck? People want to do shoot fireworks in the national forest. You know? a, oh, obviously you don't know about us. <laughs> mm -hmm. We've been around a long time. time. Okay. And they finally got their permit in time to do it. They were kind of worried about it there for a little bit. We might not be able to shoot. We don't have a permit yet. And now they apply for their permit uh, <laughs> way back early. So I would think then... You know, because I, I guess what, what crosses my mind 
is I, I keep thinking about just all of the logistics here. Okay, so somebody built a trailer. They so, Then somebody before New Year's Eve runs the trailer up there. Take it up. They can park it off to the side. Now, you said that they store the fireworks in the Summit House? Uh, there's a place back there where they let them store it. Now, as far the, as I know, they, they store it in there. Now, is, is the Summit House open year-round? That depends. It depends on the weather and how the how the cog runs. Okay. So it's hard to say what's going on up there. Well, that's kind of interesting because, um, you know, heaven forbid, you know, something something goes wrong. Well, they won't have to uh, tear down the Summit House because it'll blow up on its own. <laughs> oh, it's on. I'll tell you, there's some other... There is a couple other storage room houses up there and this and that, but yeah. there is one room or one building up there that I know of and I've heard it's got an awful lot of high-tech radio equipment in for the FCC, FAA, whatever, okay. Federal Communications. Right. they got a place up there and I've been told you better stay out of it. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I guess what I am really hoping is that all of this new design for the new building that is eventually going to be built up there. I hope there will be the fireworks storage room. They're, they're at the meeting the other day, the other night, I met with the architect. You did? He was a, he was a guest speaker for the club. Okay. I learned a lot about that somehow. It's going to be a, it's not just a house on top Pike's Peak, it's going to be a place for the world to see. Mm -hmm. Now, wait a minute, what did you, so what, what meeting were you at? Recently? The club dinner. They hold a dinner once a year. Oh, sure. We're in December. Yeah. Okay. Yes, because yeah, because Don was telling me about that, and then I guess maybe making sure. Okay, who's going to go? Mm -hmm. Does everybody you know feel comfortable that they're going to be able to make it? Right. And stuff like that. And then they announce the guest list. Well, at the dinner, they always initiate the new member. All right. And then later on. Uh, the guest list uh, will be announced later. Okay. So I, I don't know who's the guest climbers are going to be. Well, did, do you know generally how many people are going to make the climb this year? 32. 32 of them. Because there's 32 bunks at Bar Cabin. So they'll fill up Bar Cabin. Okay, then. Yeah. There's two cabins up there. Okay. And the one cabin the caretakers live in. But there's bunks in there, and they have a big dining room and everything. Okay. They associate in there, and then all in all, there's 32 bunks up there. This is Bernie J, and you're listening to Bernie's Journeys, produced in Colorado Springs, Colorado, in view of America's Mountain, the 14,115-foot Pikes Peak. And I invite you to contact me at berniestv at gmail.com, that's B-E-R-N-I-E-S-T-V. And please share comments and or suggestions on this show or ideas for future travel adventures that I can explore for you. Now, let's get back to the show. And that's why they limit it to 32 hikers. 32. Well, um, a while back, I, I had a wonderful uh, interview with uh, Teresa and Neil. 
Oh, the caretaker? Who had been up there for, I guess, like for five years or something. something. Like and, and now I think it's a brother and sister team uh, that has taken it over. Hmm. Well, and, I saw the two caretakers were at the dinner the other night. Okay. And they introduced them. As far as I know, they're still up there. Maybe, maybe they changed hands. Oh, so Neil and Teresa. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Because when I uh, when I interviewed them, uh, they had finally decided that they needed to uh, uh, start a, another a new adventure. Oh, okay. And they were going to uh, uh, relinquish uh, being the caretakers and just doing general uh, surfing on the internet. Um, I got some stories about mm-hmm. this this brother and sister team uh, that has decided to be able to okay. uh, uh, to take it, take that over. That's news to me. Okay. So where will where will they the Adaman Club? Where will they stage and get ready to uh, uh, to hike? Will it be up there at the you know at the, at, at the base of the Cog? Now they uh, well yeah at the base of the Cog Bar Trail. Right. They hike the trail, and they get up there depending on the weather conditions and stuff. Somewhere maybe two o'clock in the afternoon. Usually the city will take some people up to cook, and they have their dinner set up for them, and drinks and <laughs> tea. <laughs> okay then. And uh, they have a couple guys to do the cooking for them, and they'll have it all set up when they get there. Okay. Uh, you, I just never know what it is. Okay. And uh, they sit around for the evening and tell tall tales and. Going about their business, you know, and then they, when I get up there, well, they start coming alive. Some of them sitting in a booth back there sleeping. You just never know. And when my group starts coming in, it gets a little congested in there then. All right. Because, see, I have, let's say, 30 people, 30 vehicles. Yeah. And I allow two people to the vehicle, pilot and co-pilot, I call it. Okay. And uh, so I got 60 in my group and 30 up there. And there's sometimes there's some of the older hikers, they want to go up and be up there if the city takes them up, and then I bring them home. Oh, all right. They just want to reminisce with their old buddies and stuff, you know. Sure. So, what got it started that the four-wheel drive club was going to support the Adamant people? You know, that went from what I've been told, I can't say how many years back, before my time, one old boy told me, that they used to drive up to about Timberline, Glen Cove. Okay. And they would build a big fire out there and sit and kind of watch the fireworks go. And as soon as it was over, the hikers started coming down. And they picked them up there. He said, it would be about 2 or 3 in the morning. And there would be people coming down. And we waited on them and bring them down the rest of the way. Okay. And that's the old days. The road wasn't plowed and this and that. So. Okay. It was rough in them days, I believe. So okay, so the because because here was my misunderstanding. So I thought that the Adamant group would hike up, or you know, they so they 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 hike up to Bar Camp, and and then they and then they they stay overnight at Bar, right? And then they head out to be able to get to the top. Um, so. By the time they get to the top, do, do they get to the top, like in while it's still daylight? They try to. Okay, so some of the early ones, I don't know the exact times, 
But I know that some of the early ones might get up there as early as 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. And the rest of them slowly but surely come in. And as soon as they do get up there, they have to start getting that fireworks out and getting that trailer and wire it all up and uh-huh. get it ready to go. So it's uh, not just going to hike up there and, well, I'll sit around here now and wait. Right. we got things to do, fellas. we got to be ready, you know. You know, because one of the things here about, you know, our talk is that usually I get to do a little bit of research. So I got kind of my like my list of questions. But, boy, you guys work in the shadows. You know, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't I couldn't find anything about you guys. Probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, we're we're kind of a quiet group. <laughs> well, that's really something. But yet. So if you say that you've got like. 30-odd vehicles that want to make this trip. So it's like within the four-wheel drive community, Mm -hmm. this is something to do. Right. And we're going to to head off uh, to be able to do that. I like that. I like that. I just... You want to go? I'll take you up there. I tell you, you know, I, I was going to kind of wait maybe, you know, more toward the end to see if I've endeared myself. You to got the, a four-wheel drive vehicle? I do not. Oh, okay. I do not. But yeah, I, I but if uh, but if there was any way that I could uh, um, snag a ride with somebody, boy, I'd, I'd sure like to make that make that trip. Mm-hmm. I just think that would be so, uh, so much fun. But now the thing of it is, is that, uh, so when other people are listening here to this radio show, and we na- and they now know what you do, so they probably they probably shouldn't just you know drive up. No, that you know that they need to you know contact the Adamant Club. Or they would put them in touch with you, and then you'll have to make a determination mm-hmm. whether okay, I don't know you from anything. Uh, what kind of four wheel drive right. experience do you have? You know, I kind of question too. Okay. One thing the club does, they give me a little plaque. They call it dash plaque. I've seen I've seen them like at car shows. Okay. At car shows, yeah. And it tells the year, you know, well, I've been through quite a few vehicles, but I don't put them on a dash. I made some nice wood plaques and I got mine all mounted on the all mounted on my wood plaques. So people that uh, get to do this if in fact they do want to show it off on their car, there's a real badge of honor. Right. That I was able to go up Pikes Peak New, New Year's Eve. Eve in the dark that because year. because we've got no street lights. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like uh, these are the kind of vehicles you'd almost see going over the Serengeti with you know with all the big floodlights and the like to make sure that the road is lit, oh, up, yeah. lit up for them. Yeah. So has has anybody uh, kind of goofed up and maybe yeah. uh, kind of slid off the road or something? One thing about it, I've never known to, to have an accident of any kind. Nobody's ever went over the edge. Good. Because uh, I think if they did, I'd be the first to know about it. Yeah, I would think so. Where's Fred? <laughs> he was here. I got one guy, he's been my tail end Charlie for I don't know how many years. Yeah. He likes it. That's, he, when he, he's been going with me for 30-some years. That's true. And he's my tail end, Charlie. He's the last one up and the last one home. Okay. And uh, he always, if I'm not around, he'll lock the gate and everything for me. He knows how to take care of that. Okay, then. But, uh, no, we've never, I've been stuck up there a couple times before the city 
do it did a lot of maintenance. They would plow it open that day, right. and the wind would blow it shut again. And I got in some drifts up there one time and had to back myself out. And finally, I had to be pulled out backwards. <laughs> those days, I hope, are dead and gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, how long has the uh, has Pikes Peak actually been uh, been paved? Five, five years, six years. They they did it little by little too, going up. You know. Okay. They did so much a year for a while. Okay. So when the plow goes up, at least he's he's plowing down to uh, down to hard top all of. Yeah. And he doesn't have to kind of keep his blade up and. As far as I know, they let her right right on it. So so we have the coordination of well, so we have the Adamant Club who said this is what we're going to try. Mm-hmm. And then the four wheel drivers kind of, kind of heard what was going on and said, "Hey, can we be a part of this?" So now they are, but now you've got so the city is on board because they provide the plowing. Plowing and uh, yeah, the city has a lot of responsibility on all this for both parts of the club. Yeah, you know, for my part, and uh, they take uh, the cooks and everything up in the daytime. And they kind of keep the road watch and this and that. And if they keep a plow up there for me, there's a man on duty right there. Okay, now wait a minute. Let me let me let me serve something straight in my head. Because you had said it earlier about taking the cooks up. They were taking the cooks up to the top, right? Not to bar camp. No, because you can't. Because you really because no. you, you can't drive to bar camp. No, there's no way you can't get up there on the vehicle. Okay, so when okay, so when the when the Adamant Club gets to Bar Camp, they are greeted by the people that are maintaining Bar Camp. Correct. So, so that's when you get the spaghetti supper mm-hmm. and probably the pancake breakfast. That's their tradition. That's their tradition. Then in the morning, they take off and and uh, hopefully if the, if the snow isn't too deep because... Man, it varies. If, because, if they're gonna, because if there's a lot of snow, then... It's going to take a, a long time a, to get time because they're, they're longer, breaking they're breaking trail. Takes a longer time to get there, yeah. So it's uh, so I can imagine that that during the dinner, when they look over the audience and they figure out who's going to show up, it's like, gee, Bill's kind of limping. Maybe he better sit out this year because it, yeah. because it can get pretty nasty up there. There's one hiker that has been doing it for a lot of years, and I saw him at the dinner. And he was walking with a cane. I wanted to talk to him, but I really didn't get a chance to. Everybody, and then the next thing I know, he's gone. Okay. But uh, I don't think he's going to be hiking this year. <coughs> so if he's a member of the club, the way they work that, the members get to go first. Okay. And then they can fill in the rest of it with guests. Well, okay. So possibly one guy can't make it, so then they'll add a guest to his spot. And. Uh... I guess I forget what Don had said to me about. So, how do you end up on the guest list to to, use, to, to even be considered? That's quite a process with them. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I know anymore. So much was done on the computer. Yeah. Uh, to apply for it, you know, or to write them a letter. Or, I think anymore it's all done online. Okay. People say I'm going to hike with you. Well, go on online, fill up the application, and wait. And because uh, I can really appreciate that that they need people who are 
in pretty fair shape because the last thing the group needs yeah. is to start having to work with somebody who has fallen yeah. fallen ill or right. you know lame whatever you know I have to I'll tell you like I said I've seen him at the dinner I'll see him at the pre line I'll see him at the breakfast I hope that you heard something that refreshed a past travel memory or sparked the desire to learn more. After all, that's what travel is all about. For Bernie's Journeys, seeing America first, this is your host, Bernie Iroshevsky, and thanks for listening.